Okay. So I'm going to be uh, talking about a new uh, subject, a uh, new series. I'm starting up a new series um, uh, on, on Zoom. We're going to be talking about a higher life. We're going to be talking about uh, connecting or engaging with your uh, heavenly DNA. You have a DNA uh, that um, God has placed inside of you. And that DNA is unique. That DNA is special. So over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be doing this. And uh, we've also, uh, I'm going to be, we're going to be uh, recording the audio of this. Uh, let me just quickly pull this out. And uh, we're going to post it in one of uh, our channels. We've got a, a channel for um, that we're going to use. So I'm going to be sharing the link uh, with you on uh, on Zoom. So if you're watching us on Facebook Live, you can get the link. Uh, uh, we will post the link on the comments. Uh, but if you're on uh, Zoom, I'm going to send the link on the chat. You might want to take it if you want. If you want that's if you want the the audio recordings that you can listen to it like on a on a podcast or, or just in the audio while you're driving. The link is in the chat. You're most welcome to take it, uh, copy it if you want to, or we can send it to you after the uh, call. But uh, I'm going to be talking about um, uh, living the higher life because I believe God wants us to live that life. We're going to be reading a, a couple of scriptures. Uh, so let's go right ahead. John chapter 10 and verse 9. We've read the scripture before uh, several times, so I'm going to just read it. And uh, we're going to go through that. Uh, Jesus said, I am the door and the sheep who enter because of who I am is safe to roam freely and find pasture. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, I shared about uh, uh, the door, that Jesus being the door. And uh, so uh, I spoke about the different doors, the different gates that we have. If you remember, you can probably go and watch that on, uh, uh, on Facebook, uh, on our page. We've got it there. Jesus being the gate through which we can enter in, enter into this higher life. So when we talk about a higher life, we need to remember that Jesus is the door. The higher life is in the presence of the Almighty, the, in the presence of the Father, where we can engage the Father and we can, we can, we can engage uh, the, the heavenly realm and the Father can speak to us. And uh, so when you look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, uh, in the in the mirror Bible, I'm using the mirror Bible, some with the amplified, but in this case, the mirror Bible, I want you to look at that verse, if you can see it on your screen, it says, see yourself co-raised with Christ. Now, I want to focus on a couple of things. Uh, and the first one is, you need to see, we need to see ourselves co-raised with Christ. And the verse goes on, it says, now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. We are included with Christ in everything. Because we are raised with Christ, we are included with Him in, in, in everything. And then it says, relocate yourselves mentally. So uh, if you're watching us at uh, home and you've, uh, or uh, wherever you are, I want you to tell yourself, relocate mentally. Just tell yourself, you know, I'm going to relocate mentally. Because if we want to uh, live the higher life, you know, the higher life that we have in Christ, there is something we need to work with, and that's our mindset, our, me our mental state of being. We need to relocate ourselves mentally. And he says, engage your thoughts with throne room realities 
where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Beautiful. It says, relocate yourselves mentally, engage your thoughts. So if I don't relocate my thoughts, myself mentally, there's no way I'm going to be able to engage my thoughts with the throne room. No, we have gone so used uh, to thinking uh, uh, based on the situation and the circumstances around us that we fail to line up our thoughts with, with the heavenly realm or with the throne room. Because that is where you and I are co-seated with Christ. We have that in the executive authority of God's right hand. And verse 2, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says this, Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly soul-ruled realm. Now, I think we can all uh, agree on that, that uh, our thoughts are the ones that disturb our life most of the time. Because the way you think is the way you will act. If I am, uh, like what we say in Christian uh, language, you know, heavenly minded. If I'm heavenly minded, I'll begin to do the right thing. But if I'm earthly minded, I'm going to do the things that I see around me because that's exactly what I'm saying. So Paul writing in Colossians, he says, he says, become affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts. There is a whole new level uh, of thinking that's associated with the throne room of heaven. Okay, so this today I'm going to build the basis of something. And uh, going forward, we're going to be talking a lot of other things. Okay, so why aren't we experiencing uh, the glories of the higher life? It's simple. Because we are trying to access the glories of heaven through the wrong door. We are trying, we are trying to access the glories of heaven through death. That's the truth. We preach a gospel of death. When we stand up in front of people, and I've been guilty of this, uh, and, and praise God, I changed my, the way I, I present the gospel uh, over the years. But I remember there were times, I mean, this is exactly what I learned, so I, I preach what I learned. So I would stand up and say, if you die tonight, where would you go? And that is the wrong door. We're preaching death and telling people, bringing them a picture of death and trying to tell them to experience life. The reason, the simple reason we are not able to access the glories of the higher life is because we are trying to access it through the wrong door. And that door is death. We try to say he's gone home. When somebody dies, we try to say he's gone home to be with the Lord. Now my question is, while he was alive, wasn't he home with Jesus? So we have glorified death. Right? We have glorified death and made death the gateway into the heavenly realm. We say when the person's died uh, or, uh, or, or, or is no more, he's passed away, he's gone to sleep, he's dead, he's, uh, he's graduated to the grandstands of glory. Now that is a lie from the pit of hell. Your graduation into the grandstands of glory to be seated along with Christ happens when you believe in Christ. Come on, guys. Come on, people. I, I, I want you to engage with me tonight. The chat is open. I want you to engage with me and tell me if I'm speaking the truth. We tell people they've gone into the grandstands of glory as though now they have graduated into that place and they're with the Lord. And we, we read in the word where it says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
Look at Ephesians chapter 2 and, and, and verse 6. It says we are co-included in his resurrection. We are co-elevated in his ascension to be equally present in the throne room. When are we co-elevated uh, with him? Are we co-elevated with him when we die and are buried or we are co-elevated in him because we choose to believe in him? Come on, I need to hear somebody in the chat. I need to see, am I, am I saying the right thing? Are, are we believing the right thing, guys? Are we believing the right thing? Are we seeing what, what, what God is saying to us? We are co-included in his resurrection. We are co-elevated in his ascension. When Jesus Christ was raised, we were raised together. We have that access into that place of glory. Into that heavenly realm where we are co-seated with him in his executive authority. We are fully represented in Christ Jesus. You know, the problem is this. We have wasted so much of time trying to get there. You know, when I die, when I go into glory, we've got songs like that. Uh, when I die and I go into glory, uh, that's where we're going to begin our life. That's where I'm going to have joy. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Seriously, nobody's going to fly anyone away. You're going to be buried six feet underground after your family chooses to burn your body. That's exactly where you're going. Right? But we have put our, our, our destiny, our future, into that place beyond the grave. We're using, we're using the, the grave, the we're using death as a door, trying to get to the place that God wants us to get to, but we're using the wrong door. Our joint position in Christ defines us. Because of what Jesus accomplished, because of who Jesus is, it, we, we can identify and say, you know, this is who I am in Christ. It's not a distant goal that when one day I die, I'm going to go on to the other side. You know, we cannot reach that goal through religious devotion, striving, uh, five hours of praying, 20 hours of reading the Bible. Uh, I, I must read my Bible every day. What if you, what if you never went to school? What if you can't read? What if you're blind? What if you've got problem with your eyes? You can't read. I can listen. Yeah, that's fine. What if you can't hear? Our position in Christ is not determined by the actions that we, we perform, not through religious devotion, not through striving. We want the higher life, but we are still stuck because we're looking at trying to get to the higher life through the door called death. We need to be looking at the door called Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Look at that verse carefully. It's not that you're going to heaven through Jesus. Sorry, wrong number. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Why? Because in the Father's hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You come to the Father through Jesus. Living in the presence of the Father is the higher life that we're talking about. We're going to look at a couple of things uh, in a few minutes. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 tells us, And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ. We declare this, I am in Christ. I am in the I am. The I am is in me. The great I am is in me. I am in Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. But then we expect that supernatural life, that other life to happen only either when we go to the grave because we believe that death is going to take us into that place or we believe that it's got to be with religious uh, actions, habits, 
praying for five hours a day, two hours a day, one hour a day. I've heard people come up with some ridiculous stuff and say you need to tithe your 24 hours to God, so which means two hours, 40 minutes, you're going to have to pray. Seriously, I mean, I don't know where they get those verses from. No, don't manipulate. We're not going to manipulate the worst because we are focused on living the higher life. He raised us up and he made us sit together with him in the heavenly sphere with access to the executive authority because of our being in Christ, because of who we are in Christ Jesus. I mean, how amazing is that? It's not because of what I've done. It's because of what Christ has done. Look at Jesus Christ. To understand this living in the heavenly realm, living in the higher life, look at Jesus. Jesus came from heaven, right? I mean, we all know that. The word says it. We know it. But in an in a, in a amazing way, Jesus did not completely leave heaven. While he ministered on the earth, he never left heaven. He was, on, he was in heaven and he was on earth at the same time. You probably read that verse before and you're reading it right now on the screen. John chapter 3 verse 13. Jesus said, and yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, the son of man, who is in heaven. Wow. You read that because, you know, we, we like to come up with this teaching and tell people, oh, you must be born again. We, we know that passage of scripture, right? But look at what it says. He says, no one has ever gone up to heaven, but the one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, Jesus Christ, who is in heaven. So when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, he, he, he dropped this bombshell on Nicodemus. And I'm sure Nicodemus must have had his, like, you know, his brainwaves just take, like, you know, uh, uh, go into, into a co virtual cortex or whatever, just like, you know, spin around. Don't know what Jesus is talking about because he messed up his theory. He messed up his theology. He messed up his way of thinking. Jesus said, the son of man has come down from heaven who is in heaven. So tell me something now. When Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, was he on the earth or was he in heaven? Or was he in heaven and earth at the same time? Come on, I want, I want, I want to see what you say on the chat. It's not just me preaching and, you know, just listening. Come on, guys. I want to see what you're saying. Was he, was he in heaven or was he on earth or was he in both places? Was he in heaven and on earth? Anybody reading that verse, John chapter 3 verse uh, uh, 13. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, it says he, he was both. He said he, he came down from heaven, which means he left heaven. And then he says, who is in heaven? He was in heaven at the same time. So if Jesus is my model... If I have that divine design of Jesus Christ in me, if I I'm being designed uniquely in Jesus, I find my being in Jesus. John chapter, uh, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, as it says, as he is right now, as Jesus is right now, so are we on the earth. So we're just like him. So when I look at the mirror, it's like, hey, Jesus, how are you looking? How are you doing? You're looking good. You're looking just like me. Exactly. When you look at the mirror, that's exactly what it is. You look and say, hey, Jesus, I challenge you to do it. I challenge you to do it. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, Jesus, because he's you. You are in him. He's in you. So if Christ is in you and he's the hope of glory, then just like Christ 
had access and was in heaven and on earth at the same time, so are you. A few weeks ago, I remember when I, uh, when I preached, I said, we are interdimensional beings. Now, I want to hit that home hard again today. We are interdimensional beings because you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. At the same time, we are seated on earth, in probably in front of our computer or in front of uh, your, your phone, listening in on this Zoom call. So you are seated wherever you are, whether it's South Africa, India, Dubai, United States, New York, or, or Mauritius, or wherever you are seated physically or in a geographical place, and you are seated at the same time in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. And if, if you don't understand that, then there's a problem because it means we are interdimensional beings. We can access both places because we are like Jesus. Jesus was able to access both places, heaven and on earth. He was speaking to Nicodemus on the earth and he was in heaven at the same time. You know, when Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, I, I, I want to stop right there and say, listen, that is not, there's no such prayer that can make me born again. Sorry if I bust your theology. But I'm not here to please uh, you. I'm not here to please myself. I'm here just to tell you the word of God. We've made that phrase, born again, a simple prayer. Anybody can pray that prayer, whether they believe it or not. And we think, oh yeah, you're born again. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, you're born again. Sorry. That was never a prayer. Jesus never said anywhere, you need to say this prayer, three-line prayer. Come up to the altar, say this three-line prayer, and then praise God, you're a child of heaven. No, wrong. Wrong. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and saying, Nicodemus, listen up. You need to be born again because you need to understand that there is something going on right here because I am on the earth speaking to you while I'm still in, in heaven. I'm still residing in heaven. I'm showing you, Nicodemus, that there is a higher life. Let's take it one step further. Look at the next verse. You've seen it on your screen. John chapter 8, verse 38. Jesus says, I tell the things which I have seen and learn at my father's side. Okay. So where did Jesus learn the stuff? From his father's side. When did he learn it? Right then and there when he was speaking it. I like to say this. I remember uh, one of my mentors, a preacher used to say this, you know, uh, we, I, I want to hear God speak what God says, you know, because Jesus heard what God, what the father said and he said it. He saw what the father did and he did. So I, I, I like to say this, I want to hear what God says and I want to see what God says for me to be able to say what God says and me to be able to do what God says. So in John chapter 8 verse 38, he says, the things which I have seen and learned at my father's side. So Jesus was able to bring to us revelation knowledge or revelation from the father's side while he was here on earth. Jesus could go into the unseen and learn what needed to be taught in the scene. He could just step into glory, step into heaven and, and hear what the Father says and then speak it out to us on the earth because he's still on the earth. He was interdimensional. Oh yeah, some people may not like that, but that's the truth. If you believe that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, you are interdimensional. Jesus would spend whole nights with the Father in prayer, in the Spirit. You and I, we believe that we are new creatures, kainos. You and I are new creatures. I'm a, a new creature in Christ. 
we are called to live that new creature lifestyle that kainos lifestyle that lifestyle that kainos lifestyle is a lifestyle that you can live when your life is plugged into the source and that source is in heaven because it's a new lifestyle if any man is in Christ is a new creature all things are passed away what all things we focused on sin oh your old life your sin is passed away and what happens let me, let me ask you a question when we say that uh, your old life is passed away old sin is passed away let me ask you a question uh, have you ever come across a christian who sins gone back to his old life and sin if the old life is passed away how did he go back and sin because it's still there we have a new life where we can plug ourselves into for example uh, your 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 phone our phones have batteries but the battery is not going to last forever now i'm streaming it on facebook i've got my phone on i can i can watch the commands it's it's not connected to any power source but there's going to come a time in the next couple of minutes where i'm going to have to plug my phone in if i want the phone to be con continuously connected to the source so we have this new kainos life but this life is accessible when we connect to the source and that source is in heaven heaven is not that distant place where we can go one day one day you know like uh, i'll fly away when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be so which means until we all get to heaven there's no rejoicing in heaven because that's what the song says when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be seriously so we got to wait for everybody to get to heaven die and go to heaven that's what that song says we got to wait for everybody to die but i thought jesus came to give us life he came to show us that there is another life death can't put you down you want to live the higher life you need to get connected to the source heaven is ground zero heaven is the base where we learn we get refreshed we get illuminated we get transformed we transform into image of the one who is in us christ in us so jesus was shifting dimensions easily he could just you know stand on the earth speak to nicodemus but at the same time he's in heaven he's listening to what the father is saying john chapter 17 verse 1 look at what it says having said this thing these things jesus lifted up his eyes into the heavenly sphere and spoke father the hour has come this is the culmination of time glorify your son where was jesus on the earth Where did he lift up his eyes to? He lifted up his eyes and he looked at the Father. He didn't look into the sky, he looked into the heavenly sphere because he was there. He was on the earth and in heaven at the same time. He could just connect whenever he wanted to. Like if I want to connect my phone, I can just reach out in front of me, take my cable and plug it into my phone. It's within reach. And that's exactly what what Jesus wants us to live in where we can plug ourselves into that source the ground zero which is heaven earth is not ground zero for you guys earth is not ground zero heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool so you are seated with Christ in heavenly places your 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 area of operation is on the earth but your area of influence and training and equipping yourself is heaven and if you wait and say i want to die and then go to heaven then you're just putting aside all of this higher life that you never ever experience because once you die and go it's over you're not making influence but we have been we have been peddling death 
We've been peddling debt to, to, to the church. And that's not what God wants. There is nowhere in the word where we read in the New Testament where any of the disciples uh, preached a message of fear and told people, if you die tonight, where are you going to go? How will I know? If I die tonight, Tabitha's going to know where I'm going to go. Not me, right? I said this many years in church, many years. I've been preaching this for many years. It's just now that I'm bringing it out onto, on, on, onto a platform. If I die tonight, I've got no clue where I'm going. Because when I die, my body is dead. And we tell people this, if you die tonight, where are you going? Seriously? He's either going to one of the cemeteries close to you or one of the crematoriums. We've been preaching death and telling people to experience life. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. None of the preachers in the New Testament ever did that. So where do we get our theology from? Western theology. Western theology. Let's get back to the word. Let's get back to the word. Jesus lifted up his eyes to the heavenly realm and heavenly sphere because he was there. He turned to the Father. He says, Father, the hour has come. He wasn't just speaking into the clouds. He wasn't just speaking into the air. He was speaking to the Father. He could see the Father. The Father could see him. He could hear the Father. He could, uh, the Father could hear him. It wasn't some hypothetical stuff. He could lift up his eyes and, and speak to the Father because he was in heaven and he was on earth at the same time. The word heaven in, in, in the Greek is oranos, which, is, which the, 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 the Strong's uh, gives this meaning. It says heaven as the abode of God, the region above the sidereal heaven, the seat of order of things, eternal and consummately perfect, where God dwells with other heavenly beings. I like that, uh, uh, you know, where, where Paul writes and says, we're surrounded by a cloud of witness. The, the cloud is the one who have gone before us, who have slept, gone to sleep. But they're not dead. They're in that cloud, in that heavenly realm with heavenly beings. Jesus was on the earth, was able to shift into different dimensions in the heaven and back again. This is exactly what John experienced in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Another translation says it beautifully. I was in the breath on the Lord's day. I was breathing and I was conscious. I like what Jeff says, you know, we, uh, we, we come to this universal consciousness of Christ. We have a conscience. So some people don't like to use the word conscious. Because, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's new age. Seriously, you've got a conscience. God has put that conscience in you. And my conscience is controlled by Christ because I am Christ conscious. Your conscience is controlled by Christ because you are Christ conscious. So when uh, in, in, in Revelation 1.10, one of the translations says, uh, John uh, writes, I was in the breath on the Lord's day. Oh no, brother, don't talk about this breathing stuff. But yet we sing this in the church. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. But you tell somebody, hey, stop. What you're doing, you know, let's just play some piano music like, you know, we, got, we, we actually wanted to do that today. But unfortunately, we couldn't get the sound right. But we will do it one day again. Play the music and just say, you know what, breathe in Christ. Oh, no, that's wrong, brother. Don't do that. That's, that's uh, you know, new age. But you still sing, this is the air I breathe. And you've got no clue what you're talking about. Come on, people. God wants us to go to the higher life. And I've decided, I, I, I believe this is the time that we are living in times where God wants to transport us. God wants us to be able to, uh, to, to, to go beyond the constraints of time and space. Oh, is that possible, brother? Aren't you like kind of stepping in here and there? No, Jesus did it. 
Jesus did it. Philip did it. Paul did it. We see so much of it in the word. In the Old Testament, New Testament as well. We see it. Ezekiel, I was sitting by the river Cheba and I was in the spirit. And the, Lord, the spirit took me. Where was Ezekiel? Sitting by the banks of the river Cheda, uh, Cheba. Not Cheda, sorry guys. Cheda cheese. <laughs> Cheba. <laughs> I, I said, almost said uh, Cheda. <laughs> so Ezekiel was sitting at that river Cheba. The elders could see him, but where was Ezekiel? He was in the temple. The spirit lifted him up and took him into that temple and showed him the water. They showed him the stuff in the temple. He was able to, 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 to transcend into another realm, interdimensional. It's perfectly normal for us, Kano's sons and daughters. You know, we say, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation in Christ. So if you are a Kano's son and daughter, it's perfectly normal for you to step into heaven, not through death, but through the Kano's life in Christ. I want to say this. You don't go to heaven when you die. You, go, you, you can access heaven in Christ. That he heaven is not a distant place you go to when you die. Just read you know what, what, what the church commonly calls the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. It says, it says, when you pray, you say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Come where? Heavenly kingdom come where? On earth. So we have already called, we have already seen the kingdom of heaven come on earth. And I'm going to be touching on this in the next couple of weeks as well. Where's the kingdom? What is the kingdom? How to access the kingdom? So it's not a place you go to when you die. Sorry. Sorry if I bust your bubble. That's not going to work. Christ wants you to be uh, operational on earth and in heaven at the same time. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. For this re uh, reason we can approach the authoritative throne of grace with bold utterance. We can come before the throne of grace. Boldly come before the throne of grace. Why? Because we have this kainos unrestricted life in Christ that gives us access into heaven. We can be caught up in the spirit, be transported into heaven. But if you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it, guys. Church, you're not going to see it. My friend, my brother, my sister, you're not going to see it if you're not looking for it. You know, we can say, you know, I was caught up in the spirit. I uh, went beyond the whale. Simple phrases to show you that you can live on the earth and in heaven at the same time. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And if any, anyone doesn't want to believe that, then there's a problem because the word says that very clearly. John chapter 10 verse 9. I am the door and the sheep who enter because of who I am is safe to roam freely and find pasture. Where? Where? You are supposed to be able to enter the door which is Jesus Christ, not death. Not death. Jesus. You are supposed to enter through Jesus because he's the door. And you should be able to roam in, to go beyond and find pasture. That pasture is beyond the door. It, you can access that pasture when you go through the door. But as long as you're trying to approach heaven through death, you're never going to see that pasture. You're never going to see it. It's not going. It, it doesn't operate like that. It operates while you are here on earth. You understand. You're conscious of the Christ in you. You're conscious of the glory of Christ in you. Of who you are in Christ. Your being in Christ. So that you can access 
that place. You can go through the door, which is Christ, and find good pasture. Jesus didn't plan for you to, you know, live your life out here, uh, you know, weak and sickly and just pray. Oh, if, it's, if it's God's will, let God heal me. And then, you know, one day when you don't have strength anymore, you die and you go to heaven. Sorry, that's not how it is. When you're dead, you're dead. You're no longer useful to anyone on this earth. Because the word of God says the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth. I am a carrier of the glory of God. You are a carrier of the glory of God. You watching me on, on Facebook Live, my friend, you are the carrier of the glory of God. So if you are a carrier of the glory of God, then you are supposed to manifest that glory right here on earth, not when you go to heaven. For many people, heaven is like the retirement home. You know, oh, I, I, I've run my race. I have finished my course. Now I'm going to rest in heaven. Seriously? Nobody knows what's, what's on the other side. Once you die, Paul just gave an example. Some, some few glimpses, but there's much more. There's much more. But you are called to be operational as ambassadors of Christ, as Christ on the earth, having access to ground zero, and ground zero is heaven for you. Being able to step into that place, being able to go through the door and find pasture, find good pasture. It's a different dimension that you can access when you go to Christ, when you have the consciousness that you are an interdimensional being because of what Christ has done for you, where you can live on the earth and then access heaven. I like praying for people. Yeah, I pray for people. But if you're going to come and tell me pray for you every single time, then I'm going to tell you I'm here to teach you to pray. I'm here to teach you your position in Christ. That's my job. To help you to realize, hey, I can go into Christ. Between God and man, there is one mediator and his name is not Carl. His name is not Ricky. His name is not uh, Pastor Vishnu. His name is not Jeffrey. Her, her name is not Anna. Her name is not uh, uh, Madeline. It's, it's not Tabitha. Between God and man, there's one mediator and his name is Jesus Christ. So I have a calling. I have a job to show you that, hey, listen, you can access that door and go to the Father. You need to learn to access that door and go to the Father. Yeah, we can pray for one another, support one another in prayer, but my, our primary job, or one of the primary tasks is to help you to identify and see who you are so that you can have access to the Father. Let me ask you a question. You don't like to speak to the Father yourself? You don't like to be able to speak to the Father and hear Him speak back to you? I'm sure you do. I'm sure all of us do. Everyone on, on, on Zoom, everybody on, on, on Facebook, I'm sure you do. And that's exactly what the Father wants you to be able to hear His voice. To find that good pasture, but it's through the door that is Jesus. I believe we're in a time where it's perfectly normal to see people step in and out of dimensions. Go to heaven and back again. You're on earth, you're sitting down and meditating, and then suddenly you're just transported into heaven. You're in heaven and you're seeing angels. You're seeing, you're seeing the, the throne room of God. You're seeing the glory of God. God just taking you over. Do yourself a favor, download the, 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 the book of Enoch 
it's available online on the internet and read what happened when when the spirit of the lord took enoch he took him across the four corners of the earth he showed him what's over the earth what's under the earth he showed him amazing things god wants to take us into glory not the glory when you die and go to heaven but to be able to access the heavenly realm look at isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3 it says, and many shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Combine that with Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. It says, by contrast, we have been welcomed into an invisible Mount Zion, the city of peace, Jerusalem, the residence of the living God, the festive assembly of an innumerable celestial host. Verse 23, we are participating in a mass joint celebration of heavenly and earthly beings. The ecclesia church of the firstborn mirror inscribed in the heavenlies. King James would tell you, we have come to the church he says the church is that Mount Zion. It's a common fact. We've, we've already heard this before. We've, we've heard people talk about it. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 3 says, People will say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. For out of Zion will go forth law and instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And we are waiting for, you know, the, not we, I'm not waiting. Sorry guys. Uh, uh, the, 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 the church in general or some people are waiting for a physical Jerusalem to come down from out of heaven. No, you're reading it wrong. Hebrews 12, 22, we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels. We have come to the place where the saints were made perfect. Where the saints gather who have been made perfect to heavenly beings. We have come to the church. Read it in another translation. In, in, in the Amplified. That's what it says. We have come to this place which is called Mount Zion. Which is called the city of the living God. Which is called heavenly Jerusalem. Which, where you find an innumerable company of angels and heavenly hosts. We come to that place where the saints, the spirits of the saints are made perfect. And that refers to the saints who are gone asleep. Or who have, who have closed their eyes. Who have given up their earthly bodies. They are in the cloud of witness. And it says at the end of that verse, we have come to the church. Hello. Hello church. You are the church, right? So we have come to that place which is called Mount Zion, the city of the living God. We have come, we have come. And, and I like what it says in this translation, in the, in the mirror translation, it says, the ecclesia church of the firstborn mirror inscribed in the heavenlies. It's a mirror. It's there. If you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you say? That's my reflection. It's a true reflection of me. Are you going to smash up your mirror and say, no, no, that's not who it is? When I look at my mirror, I, 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 I see my hair standing up because I put it up. I'm not going to say, no, I'm going to try and correct it on the mirror because the mirror is wrong. You can correct all you want on the mirror, but it's not going to make any real change on you. The mirror reflects who you are. So he says, we have come. This is the mirror, uh, the, the, the mirror inscribed in heaven, the church. Where is the church? On earth and in heaven. You are on the earth and in heaven. 
I mean, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe this, I'm setting up just the, uh, the, the, the groundwork, the foundation for what I'm going to be speaking over the next couple of weeks. If you struggle with this, uh, we're going to struggle with some other stuff I'm going to talk about next week and, and, and in, in the coming days. So this is the foundation. This is who you are. This is who you are. You're not a pathetic piece of worm trying to wriggle its way around. You're not dust. I don't care who said they're worms, who, who said we're like dust. My, the way I read the word of God, it tells me that I am a child of God. I am a son of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. The spirit of God is in you. We are participating in a mass joint celebration. I tell you this now. I, I, I'm not. I'm not prophesying. I, I want to step out from that. I'm just telling you. Telling you this as a as a as a preacher of the Word of God. You're going to see glorious things. Heavens open. You're going to see it happen. You're going to be able to step into time and space. Go beyond time and space because God doesn't operate by time and space. He operates beyond time. That's why you read in the word it says, and time shall be no more. When? Not when you die, right now. Because you can step from heaven, from earth into heaven, just like that. How do you do that? You practice it. You practice it. You get into that. You're conscious of it. You get into that. We're going to be doing that over, over a couple of uh, weeks later. So the word says many will go to heavenly, uh, heavenly Zion. And that's your right as a citizen of heaven, where you will be able to step into heavenly Zion. That's your right. Ephesians 2.19, it says, the conclusion is clear. You're no longer frowned upon as a foreigner. You are where you belong and part of an intimate family. You can just walk into heaven. You can just sit down and just enter into heaven because you are accepted there. Going to heaven should be like going to your house. Stepping into the realms of glory, into, in, into the Father's presence, should be just like, you know, going to your house, you know, you don't, I don't have to strive to come into my house. But we've been taught, you know, we need to spend time, hours praying. We need to fast and pray. These are, these are habits, good habits that help you in certain things, in your, in your bodily functions, in your life. But it's got nothing to do with your access into heaven. Many years ago, somebody asked uh, a, pre a preacher called Lauren Cunningham, what do you do before you preach uh, a sermon, expecting to hear some great, uh, you know, uh, keys of, of, of going into the presence of God and stuff. And he said, I have a Coke and a burger. <laughs> Why? Because that's exactly what it is. You are in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places. There's nothing spiritual about it. Oh, brother, read your Bible every day. Because if you don't read your Bible, you meet in an accident. Sorry, we're not of that crowd. No, 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 no not at all. God wants to bring you into that place where you have a supernatural, a heavenly, uh, a natural, super, supernaturally natural relationship where from earth you can just step into glory, step into heaven. But we have turned it into Bible reading, praying, all kinds of stuff. Because you and I should be going into heaven through the door, which is Jesus, to find good pasture. But we have turned it around. We, tell you when we, we say this when people die, she's gone to be with the Lord. He's gone to be with the Lord. So long, where was he? Was he not with the Lord? Was not the Lord with him? It sounds religious, sounds makes people feel very happy about it, but it's not the truth. It's not the truth. We should be able to step into that place and enjoy the sweet presence of the Father. And that's what the Father wants us to do. The door is Jesus Christ. 
Now I want to just, uh, I'm going to stop my screen and just talk to you. So many years ago, I just, uh, I remember I went for a conference uh, somewhere uh, to South Africa. And uh, when I came back, uh, while I was uh, uh, traveling on the aircraft uh, back from South Africa to, uh, to Mauritius, I saw angelic beings in the aircraft. And for the first time, I realized that these angelic beings didn't have any wings. You see, when we, when we talk about angels, we always think like, oh, they got wings and they're like, you know, flapping their wings all the time. There are different types of angels. For the first time, I saw angels without wings, huge, majestic creatures, huge, human form, human form, but huge. I saw one right in, 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 th in the aisle, right, like four feet, five feet from where I was sitting. And then I happened to turn out and look outside the window and I saw an angel sitting on the wing. Oh, you may think I'm crazy, but yeah, I'm whacked I'm, because I see it. And I know there are many, uh, many on the call tonight uh, who have seen angels, who see angels constantly. And you know what I'm saying. There have been times uh, when I was pastoring the church several times, I would see angels. I remember, uh, I, think, uh, I think I still do have one of my uh, videos on YouTube uh, where I spoke about manifesting glory. And um, uh, I, rem I remember while preaching or something, and I remember it was Tina was sitting in a particular place and, I, and uh, listening to what I was saying. And I just said, Tina, there's an angel right behind you. And, uh, and, and, and it's on video. It's on video. It's somewhere in, on, on YouTube. And Tina felt the presence of God and, and just was ca captured in glory at that time. It's there on, on, on YouTube. So angels are real. And I remember when I came back, uh, uh, it, this was 2009. I had just come to Mauritius in 2002, and uh, I needed Tabitha to translate every single thing for me. Every single thing. I could not preach in, in Creole. But when I came back, I just felt the Lord tell me, uh, the Holy Spirit tell me, start preaching in Creole. Because uh, just before that, on the last day of this conference, uh, in Spirit Word Ministry with Prophet Kobus van Rensburg, who was my mentor, amazing man of God, uh, I felt a hand on my back during one of the worship sessions and I turned around and looked and there was nobody. There was nobody. There was no chairs behind me because I was right in the middle of the church. Those who have been to Spirit Word know I was at, at that place where the main camera was. There's no chairs around that place for a few feet. I was just standing and worshiping the Lord. I felt a hand on my back and I knew when, when, when you feel something like that and you turn on and see nobody there, let me tell you, your, your skin begins to crawl because you just encountered something out of the supernatural. And I felt the hand of God on me. When th that, was, that was the day prior to when I was coming back. I saw angels when I was on the way out. When I came into Mauritius, two or three days later, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, start preaching in Creole. And this is what I told the Holy Spirit. I said, you're crazy. You're crazy because I, I need to think in Creole and be able to translate into Creole for me to be able to do that. And it's not possible because it's not my mother tongue. Uh, English is my mother tongue. I can close my eyes without thinking and speak. But if I'm going to do it in Creole, I need to be able to think. I need to have the words with me. And it's not the same as speaking. Preaching is different. But I just chose to obey the, the, the Lord because I understood my position in Christ. I chose to obey the Lord. And praise God for, for, for people who supported me in that, uh, uh, Tina, Titus, uh, Tabitha, uh, some other people in the church. I started and 
those of you who've seen me preach, Pastor Vishnu has seen me, heard me preach, it's a supernatural language, it's a supernatural thing for me. Just like in the, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, God gave them the ability to speak in other tongues. It's a supernatural ability that God gave me be to be able to fluently speak, to get the thoughts out of my spirit, into my brain and out through my, through my mouth in a fraction of a second because God did something to me because I, was, I, I realized that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So Jesus is the open door to which we will be able to which, to which we are able, not will be, we are able to step into that place, get into the spirit, go into that place and enjoy good pasture. You can you can Google this. You can look it up after the uh, after the meeting if you want. There's a lady called Nancy Cohen, Nancy C O E N, a missionary. She she ministers in 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 many parts of the world, and uh, somebody said, and she's been to heaven often. She's been to heaven very often, Nancy Cohen. And uh, somebody asked and said, uh, uh, how, how many times have you been to heaven? And she says, you know, the truth is this, I'm always in heaven. She's spent countless hours in heaven interacting with Jesus, listening to Jesus, being taught by Jesus, listening to the saints, listening to the angels. And I can say this for so many other people. I'm not going to name you on the call. Uh, so many of you on Zoom tonight on Zoom and on Facebook Live, because I can see some people there, have been in that place where you've had encounters with Jesus face-to-face, -face. you've had encounters with angels face-to-face, -face, and you've heard them speak to you. Why, why should it be just for a few people? It's supposed to be for everybody. John chapter 17 and verse 24. Jesus prays and he says, Father, I desire that what you have given me in them may cause them to be where I am. What you have given me in them may cause them to be where I am in heaven while on earth. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share the screen at this, this point in time. I want you to, to, read, uh, to read what I'm saying. Uh, let me just uh, move this down. I want you to read this verse. John 17, 24. Father, I desire that what you have given me in them may cause them to be where I am so that they may see what I see and gaze in attentively upon the splendor of my glory which you have given me, which is in them. Because you loved me before the fall of the world. I want you to focus on that. Because you have loved me because, uh, before the fall of the world. Thus the world will be persuaded that your love for them was never compromised because of the fall, yet continued to love them the same. Now I'm going to just, uh, just say something that you most probably have heard at some point in time from the Christian uh, you know, circles. You probably heard somebody say this, when Adam and Eve sinned, God had to call a council the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with all the angels watching together. And the Father said, oh, who will go and save my people? And then Jesus stood up and said, I will go. I will lay down my life. And the Father sent Jesus to lay down his life for us. What passage? What scripture? What verse do you read that in? It sounds more like a Hollywood flick to me. Because that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. We've been taught when the fall, when we read the fall, what happened to the fall? Now I want you to look at that verse. I've highlighted this. 
when you read the word the, in, in that verse, the fall, it says the, the, the Greek word is katabalo, which means to fall away or put in a lower place. Instead of the word timilios, which means foundation. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 is translated the fall of the worst. Instead, uh, so fall of the world, instead of the foundation of the world. So the entire fall was a falling away in our minds from our true identity as image, as likeness li and likeness bearers of Elohim. When Adam and Eve fell, they lost the identity of who they were. The way they saw themselves was now not the way that God saw them. When Adam and Eve fell, when they looked at themselves, they said, we are naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? Because the way they saw themselves was not the way God saw them. When God walked in the garden, look at your Bible, Genesis. When God walked your, uh, in the garden, he didn't come to punish Adam. He came for fellowship. He already knew what Adam did. It didn't change his view of Adam. It was always the same. But man fell in their vision of who they were. And Christ has come to bring us back to that place where we are able to identify who we are. I, we, I, can, I, can talk about, I can talk about where we can go in Christ. I can talk about the heavenly realm, angels, uh, all kinds of stuff. But if we don't understand the basics of what I just shared this, this, this evening, we're not going to be able to go to that place. So stop looking at death to be the door. Christ is the door. Because of who Christ is in your life, because of who Christ is in my life, we have access to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ. So right now we are seated with him. I'm seated in front of my computer speaking to you. And at the same time, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Same for you. And because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that is more than fact enough to show you, to show you, to, to help you understand that you are an interdimensional being where you're able to transcend time and space and move from, from earth into heaven. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to be sharing a lot of other stuff uh, over the coming days where, where monks, Christian monks and Christian people walk through walls because time and space were not a barrier for them. And it's not a barrier for us either. So Christ is the door. There's pasture on the other side of the door. Death is not the door that's going to give you perfect rest. Oh, now he's resting in the presence of the Lord. Sorry. No, you're not resting. You're dead. You want rest. You want good pasture. You want peace. Go through Christ. That's the door. Because on the other side of the door is pasture. And he says he will go in and out and find pasture. Which means you're going to be able to go into heaven, come back to earth, go into heaven, come back to earth. Because you're finding pasture and you're bringing it out. That's what God wants us to, to enjoy. That's what God wants us to enjoy.